0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to ARE Live. I'm Mark Tier, the founder of Black Spectacles. And today I'm with Charlie Kletcha, um, the president of AIS, Mr. President. Um, and for those of you who don't know, Charlie is probably one of the craziest uh, young architects that I know because uh, maybe in three weeks, um, three weeks, Charlie's going to take all seven of the uh, ARE exams uh, consecutively in seven days. So he's... He's calling it his seven and seven uh, effort, his program, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so uh, he's in the middle of uh, of doing a lot of a uh, lot of studying right now. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about that. He's also uh, recently announced and launched uh, the PASS scholarship program. So we'll talk about that. Um, but first, the AI conventions coming up. Um, if I'm not mistaken, you're teaching a course, right?
1: I am, yeah, I'm leading a session. I think it was. It was denied for educational value, but... Uh, really? Leading a session called uh, View from the Backseat, Student Perspectives on Contemporary Issues. So we're going to take on some of the more uh, controversial and divisive issues being debated among the profession. Really? Should be interesting.
0: What's... Um, oh, uh, where'd you guys come up with that? What's...
1: Uh... Uh, it actually kind of came out... Of the AIS is typically sort of granted a a token uh session at convention. This year we're actually doing multiple. We we applied to get more. Um so actually our vice president uh Obi is leading uh an educational session, a certified educational session called uh Kanye Architecture Just West of Insanity on Saturday morning. Uh but this came out of uh last year's session which was a little bit uh, a little bit tame. It was sort of generic updates from from some of our alums. Uh and at the end we actually had uh, a professional stand up and, and ask us directly to be more uh, challenging, to to say something controversial, say something that would challenge the profession. Uh, so this year is intended to answer that call maybe a little more emphatically than, uh, <laughs> than they meant when they said that. But it should get some healthy debate going.
0: So what are the controversial topics that you're going to cover?
1: Uh, we'll talk about, they'll, they'll kind of be drawn at random. Uh, we have, I think, seven topics, uh, including things like as broad as um, the value of licensure in general, um, intern titling has been a big one that's going around, the uh, use of the word intern, um, the education and practice gap uh, that's been observed not only in the U.S. but internationally. Um, things along those lines. I don't want to give too much away, but uh, <laughs> it will be some, some healthy discussion.
0: Okay. Good deal. So um, for those folks who maybe don't know actually what the AIS is, um, can you tell me, can you describe it?
1: Yeah. So the AIS is the American Institute of Architecture Students. Uh, We were founded in 1956 uh, as a piece, a member group uh, within the AIA. Um, Some years later in the early 80s, uh, we actually broke off and and became an independent uh, self-student governed uh, 501c3 organization. Uh, so we, uh, the, we have uh, our own board of directors, our own staff here in D.C., the president and vice president. Uh, while we are uh, elected officers, we are full-time employees of the organization. Um, so it's a, a unique setup in that way. Uh, but we serve as the, uh, the voice of students of architecture and design um, across the U.S. And, and with a growing international presence, um, including um, advocacy efforts, member support, Educational resources. Um, we, our members come from not only NAB accredited degree programs, but pre-ARC programs, community college programs, uh, and even a, a handful of high school chapters.
0: Okay, and so, uh, so you're the president of AIS. Can you tell me? Yeah. And of course, we know each other. You know, from uh, from you know being uh, here in Chicago and the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. So I know this, but you know, tell me your story about how you came to, uh, became or came to be the AIS president.
1: Yeah, so um, so I did a, a three-year master's in Chicago at the School of the Air Institute of Chicago. Um, I, when I started there, uh, initially actually had no interest in becoming a licensed architect. I came from a, a theater background before that uh, degree, so I was interested in architectural lighting design. Uh, but got sort of, as is kind of commonly the case, got sort of dragged into the AIS by upperclassmen um, who wanted me to get involved. Uh, sort of reluctantly did so, um, and it was actually halfway through that three years that I attended my first national convention with the EIS. It was my first real exposure to the organization outside of my own chapter. Um, and that was kind of uh, uh, the flip of a switch for me. That was a, a, an awakening moment. Uh, realized the the impact and the, the power and the enthusiasm of the organization at the national level. Um, so... Even though that was my very first convention, I decided right then and there that at the next convention, I would, uh, I would run for national office. Typically, there's sort of a progression to regional director and then up into the officer positions. But um, my next convention or my next uh, conference was going to be my last. So I decided to just jump in feet first and, and run for president. Um, AIS runs its elections entirely at that conference. So over the course of those four days, uh, that's all the campaigning you do. So you get an opening speech, a closing speech, uh, a series of Q and A's, and then of course, sort of uh, informal interactions with the membership and the delegates. Um, And that was an insane. I was actually in Chicago, uh, and it was an insane weekend. And uh, and it worked. the 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 membership elected me to office. So uh, six months later, I picked up and moved to D.C. and uh, and here I am. Awesome. Uh, It has been an, an interesting journey. Over the course of that time, I was not only transitioning into this office, but also on the search committee to hire a new executive director, uh, and also finishing grad school. Um, so it was uh, an intense, uh, intense semester, followed by a continually intense term. Uh, but it's been uh, it's been pretty incredible
0: awesome, and so it's a one year term if I understand it right, coming to a close here in the next you know month and a half or so, and so you're looking forward you're you're getting ready to get out go on in the profession, mm-hmm. practice this architecture stuff, um, you want to get licensed
1: mm-hmm.
0: and somehow you decided that, hey, why don't I just take all seven exams in a week
1: yeah it's so, uh...
0: what. Tell me that story. How did that come about? Why are you doing this?
1: It's, it kind of started as a joke, actually. It was um, uh, my, so, our, our, our new executive director, Nick Surface, um, was formerly at NCARB. Um, so, we were having a conversation about the kind of joint AI NCARB, um, the IDP firm award, um, an IDP outstanding firm award, which is a program he used to, to be involved with when he was there. Um, and one of the criteria for that award is. Um, the firm, um, giving support to those on the path to licensure, including uh, paying for the exams. So I made a crack that that if we were advocating for that position, that, that we need to put our money where our mouth is, and since I'm a full-time employee of the organization, the organization should pay for me to take the exams, uh, to which I think he came back mostly jokingly and said, uh, well, if you take them all in a week, I'll pay for them. <laughs> and, uh, and so that kind of started the conversation. It's, it, you know, ultimately, the funding was not really the, the, the premise of it, but um, it, it, it started this idea of um, supporting uh, the path to licensure. That's been my goal for my year uh, all along, has been bringing us uh, sort of back into touch with the value of the AIS as a leadership development and professional development tool. We're sometimes uh, pigeonholed a little bit as, as sort of a social organization, Um, But very often organically, it it tends to be um, a a place where students really become emboldened with um, a passion for leadership and a passion for advancement. Uh, And so it was really just finding a way to get in touch with that uh, and and really own it, tell that story well. Um, Like I said, it had been happening organically um, for as long as we've existed, but it's just not the story we tell some of the time. Um, so, so this campaign um, is ultimately in support of the, the scholarship fund. Um, so this, this little this little stunt of mine is uh, really intended to draw attention to that uh, that scholarship um, and, and raise support for that. Um, it's uh, I, I'm often reminded by by um, elder mentors of mine that back in their day, their day they they did it in four days. So what I'm doing is not really that impressive. Right. <laughs> um,
0: that's awesome.
1: <laughs> which is always, always just uh, a thrill to hear. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's true that that's not something that, that uh, many students are aware of. It's, it's not as insane as it sounds. Yeah. And, and, in fact, there's a lot of overlap in the exams. So it's, in some ways, if you, can, if you can make it feasible in terms of the time and resources um, necessary to devote to it, it, it can be a good way to knock a big chunk of it out at once and, and start moving on. The, the kind of irony is that even if I pass all seven of these on the first go, um, I will still not be licensed because I have two years left to get my um, IDP finished. Yeah. Um, so that'll be a fun little waiting game.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think we all know that uh, the most daunting part isn't the three years of experience, it's the exams. Um, and so, um, I mean, I love, I love that you're doing it because number one, um, Mike Newman, who does our ARE prep stuff. He always uh, says in front of uh, his workshops, you know, if all of you guys were MBA students, you know, half of you would just show up and take all the exams uh, without even studying, knowing that, you know, just based on probability, you would probably pass some of them. And so you wouldn't have to study for those. And then you could just, you know, move forward uh, and worry about the other ones. Um, mm. And then, you know, uh, I ran into, when I was taking the exam, I ran into some folks who, Um, it was right after the three-year period was up. And this was back in the day when you had to wait three years, which you don't Mm -hmm. anymore. But um, it was right after that three-year period. I ran into them and they were like licensed right after um, uh, that period. I was like, how did you guys get licensed so fast? And they are like, oh, we just, we uh, we signed up ahead of time for all seven of the exams and we placed them two weeks apart from each other. And I'm like, you guys are crazy. And they're like, no, we're not. Like if you give yourselves (laughs) four weeks or six weeks or eight weeks to study for the exams, how long are you really going to study? you're gonna study for two weeks um yeah. and I took their advice and you know I failed one of the exams, but I passed the other ones and you know I waited my six months and then and then you know took it again so um I think it's a good approach it helps you stay focused and yeah. um it's awesome what you're doing well and and that's I
1: think a fantastic piece of advice and and wasn't an angle I had heard until I actually saw um one of the one of the pieces on YouTube that that you and Mike did yeah. And when I heard that, it was already, it was just a, a week or two ago, I heard that and thought, oh, man, why didn't I just schedule one up front ahead of the rest of these so I could just take it and expect to fail just to get used to the process? Oh, and yeah. And maybe I knock it out and maybe I don't. Right. Um, but I think that's a fantastic piece of advice to just suck up the 210 and expect that it's going to be a loss. The worst case is, worst case is you, you know what to expect going in the next right. time. And the best case is you pass one without studying. Like, right. <laughs> pick the one that you think you're the the best at and and just give it a shot. Why not? Yeah.
0: Um,
1: But yeah, I think, I, I think it's a, it ultimately the message is just to, to get started. It's, it's so hard sometimes to get past that, that sort of zero barrier. The, the, you know, even when I was started, started logging IDP, even after I had opened an NCARB record, getting those first few hours logged, just because I wasn't familiar with the process, like it's so easy to keep pushing it off. And that's, Ultimately, the message is even if you just take one, just get started so it's not this big looming thing on the on the horizon.
0: Yeah. You know, so it's interesting. I was listening to the video um, that you have on Indiegogo for the PASS um, scholarship, which stands for Pre- Professional Advancement Support Scholarship. Um, and Very clever acronym. Yeah. But it was interesting. You said something in there. You, you had mentioned, so NCARB you know, I don't know, maybe uh, how long it's been, a year or two years uh, ago, they changed the rules so that you could take the exam immediately upon graduating. Um, Whereas, of course, in the past, you had to wait for those full three years and then take it. And what you said in that video, I think, was that um, that hasn't really kind of sparked a big revolution in people taking the exam right away. Um, Can you talk more about that?
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, it really I think goes back to the initial shift away from the once or twice a year model and however well intentioned it was to make it more flexible to take the exam um, like I said it, it it's so much easier especially as as an entry level um, you know professional when money is tight maybe your loans are starting to come due you're you're making entry level salary um, it's so easy to say ah, I've got this deadline uh, I'm gonna push it back or I'm gonna reschedule it for a little later or I'll take it next year when I've got a little more experience under my belt. Um and that's that's been the case. We we've seen from the time that they shifted away from the once a year model to now the the average time to licensure has just skyrocketed. Um and I have to assume it's on. it's, it's skyrocketed of that. you said? Yeah, the average time is uh, I think I want to say it's from the beginning of school. The average time from the beginning of school to receiving a license is 15 years. And that's an average. <laughs> that's that's crazy to me to think that there are enough people that go over that right. to bring the average down. Yeah,
0: but yeah, seriously, so um,
1: it's just it. It seems to me I, I don't know that I'll necessarily spend my entire career in traditional practice. I I still have a lot of interests that are kind of outside of that sphere. Um, but the thing that ultimately swayed me was the idea that you know I, I spent three years of hell getting through grad school and doing the all nighter thing and right. um, you know why would I stop halfway through. The process when it's never going to be easier than right now to finish those exams. You know, the, the, especially things like structures, uh, it's it's just going to get harder the longer I wait. So why wouldn't I just kind of keep that momentum going? I'm still in the sort of grad school intense teeth grit mindset. Um, why wouldn't I just finish it and then I have it and it's done? And if I practice great, if not, I still got it. It's still a credential. It's it's only ever going to help to have that. It's never going to be a hindrance for me to have a license.
0: And it's almost the opposite, you know. Like if, um, God, if you wait for a long, long time, I mean, you know, I have some, you know, some friends who they, they're, they, you know, they've been out of school for fifteen years, and they're they're still talking about it as something mm-hmm. they might do um, and their yeah. lives. Are more complicated. And they have less time. It's um, it's it's so much easier, as you say, to take it right out of school, and then mm-hmm. um, uh, I, I'm curious if you found this. I know that when I was studying. Um, And and I spaced my exams two weeks apart. I found that studying for one and then taking it, the um, two things happened. One, that uh, the knowledge that I was kind of sopping up from that studying session kind of rolled over into the next session. And so like, you know, I was in a way studying for all all of the exams by studying for one because, you know, there's just little bits that kind of roll from one exam to the next. But then also like once you kind of, and I mean, you're like the perfect guy to ask right now because you're doing this. Once you kind of get in the studying groove, you know, Hmm. or like, this is what I do after work. This is what I do on my lunch hour. This is what I do on Saturday morning. That um, it just becomes part of your schedule. Everyone kind of knows that's what's going on. People that you work with, they know, Oh yeah, we're not going to go have lunch, you know, because, you know, he's studying for the exam. Um, Hmm. Have you found those two things to be true or or no, or different?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's ultimately, you got to want it. I mean, you got to be willing to sacrifice some social life. I've, I have the luxury of, uh, I guess it's a luxury in this case that my wife is, uh, you know, a thousand miles away, so it's, Oh, you're it's, a dead
0: man for saying that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a luxury in the sense that, that uh, I don't have other distractions. I don't, you know, I... I um, but it's true. I, I don't get to do things like go to professional sports events like Cubs games or Blackhawks games. Um, I... I I, I know that this is something I want to do and, and as much as it sucks to say, hey, guy, I can't go out to the happy hour tonight, I got to study. Or, um, you know, I, I like to drive into work and blast music to wake myself up, but I started taking the bus so that I can sit there and get an hour and a half each way studying for the exams and, you know, drilling those practice exams. and things. It's, it, it's worth however much you decide it is. So if, if it's worth more than that night out at the bar, for you to be ready for the exams, then then it, it, it'll it pay off. If not, you might not want it.
0: Plus, the faster you take them, the faster you can get back to those uh, exactly. sporting events and that uh, beautiful wife of yours. Um, so, okay, um, so the PASS. T- let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the PASS scholarship. Um, tell me what it is.
1: So it's, uh, as you mentioned, it's the Professional Advancement Support Scholarship. I thought very long and hard about that acronym and felt very proud of myself for coming up with it. <laughs> it is uh, it basically intended to encourage students to not, not necessarily do exactly what I'm doing in, in the whole stacking them uh, within a week, but encouraging students to um, make a plan to keep moving toward licensure, if that's their goal. Um, we've seen historically over, not just recently, but the last several decades, that only about half of those who go to architecture school go on to be licensed, um, and, and that's fine, and we as an organization support... Any track. But um, for those that know that that's what they want, um, make a plan and get started. Like, like I was saying before, it's, uh, it, it's so easy to kind of put that off. But if you're willing to commit to just getting started, taking that first step, um, getting familiar with what it's like to go into a Prometric test center and get your fingerprints scanned, um, then it's less daunting to keep moving in that direction. Um, and, and it's good for your career, it's good for your personal development. Um, it, it's, it's really about, um, taking those first steps. So the scholarship fund, uh, is, uh, currently in the fundraising phase. We have the, the campaign on, uh, Indiegogo, ais.org slash pass, um, redirects to that campaign. Yeah, we'll,
0: we'll, we'll put a link to that in the, uh, in the show notes
1: so up here or something. <laughs> <laughs> nice. um, um, so it's, uh, we're raising money now. Um, the hope is primarily, uh, to get, some big support, uh, the big bulk of the support from groups like AIA components, uh, firms, other organizations and things. Um, but on the individual level, um, the, the best case scenario is asking for the donation of $210 at the cost of one exam. Um, and what the scholarship is in its distribution is uh, if a an alumnus of the AIAS uh, sits for and passes a division of the area within one year of graduating. Um, they get their money back. This They can apply. Um, there may be a small written uh, portion of it just to give us kind of a, a, an evaluation criteria, but they would get their $210 back. Um, so between the really, the, the pass and the seven and seven campaign are complimentary in that it's the two big things that I think recent graduates can use as an excuse to not get started, whether or not they really believe them is uh, the financial burden and, and the access to or, or knowledge of the information and resources that are out there. So this 7 and 7 campaign, these weekly videos that I'm doing, are are demonstrating what's out there and how I've been going through the process, literally starting from scratch. Um, and then this uh, scholarship is intended to offset that, that financial burden by uh, allowing you to get your money back for the exam. Okay. Um, so donors to the uh, scholarship fund um, will get paired directly with the recipient of their scholarship. Um, so the hope is that this can also help generate some sort of informal, organic mentorship oh, relationships yeah. uh, and, and hopefully geographically matched where possible um, so that it can become this sort of ongoing thing.
0: So, so let me say this back to you. So right now, today, you're, you guys are in the fundraising phase of this mm-hmm. scholarship. So you're trying to raise money so that you can fund all these scholarships. And mm-hmm. that goes for, you know, till the end of, or to the middle of June. If I'm understanding, uh, it's
1: right about, It's actually about two days after I finish the uh, the exam, so it's first week of June.
0: Okay, so first week of June, um, and then um, if you so if I was an AIS member mm-hmm. um, and I was graduating this this May, let's say, <clears throat> how's it intended to work? Um, is it that um, I need to just go take the exam? And then I will, uh, once I pass it, then I'll su- basically sort of submit to be reimbursed by the AIS and maybe fill out a, uh, you know, a scholarship form, write a little couple of paragraph essay, and then yep. maybe, maybe you guys will pick me to be one of the people to have, the, uh, mm-hmm. to, to have my exam reimbursed. Is that, is that yep. basically the idea?
1: Yep, that's, a, that's essentially how it works. Obviously, it's a, it's a brand new program, so there's a lot of question marks. It's, it's kind of an experiment based both on how much money we're able to raise and and how many people apply for it. Um, We graduate about 1,000 students a year from our membership, um, and how many of those are going to be willing to kind of step up and take on that challenge is is certainly a question. But, yeah, that's the hope is that this fall we'll start um, receiving applications for the scholarship, uh, and beginning with those graduating this spring, that we'll we'll start to be able to um, pay it back. And it's really more about it's – kind of similar to a scholarship the AIA runs called the Pettigrew Scholarship, except that that um, pays for all seven exams and a suite of study materials where we're really going more for quantity. We want more people to get started. Um, So we don't want it to be a long shot at one really big prize. We want one exam to get paid back um, for a lot of people. Um, So that's the hope in raising funds, is that we create a a fund that is um, able to be self-sustaining, that we can keep going year after year and distribute these scholarships um, as widely as possible.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. And so um, I just shared my screen with you um, now uh, I'm on the Indiegogo page um, mm-hmm. where you can go to, um, to contribute. So if you're someone who wants to, to help fund this uh, it's $210 to take one uh, section of the, or one exam. Uh, mm-hmm. So maybe you could be a division donor or you could be a larger donor um, mm-hmm. and then you can, uh, Charlie has a good video here, um, about, uh, about, uh, the whole program. So, um, definitely go to, um, what's your URL? It's, um,
1: AIS.org slash pass goes to this page. Got it. The okay. page. I just, just Googled easy.
0: Indiegogo, um, AIS pass, and, and this was the first thing that came up. So, uh, as I said, we'll put the links in the, uh, in the show notes as well. Um, and so let me grab this last note here. Um, where, when are you anticipating, so I know that you guys are in the fundraising process right now, mm-hmm. uh, when are you in, actually let me switch over here, sorry, I should get my face again, it's my face again, hi, hey. um, nice. <laughs> so um, I know you're in the fundraising stage right now, mm-hmm. um, I know you're in the fundraising stage right now, but uh, pretty soon you're going to be accepting applications from students to actually get reimbursed. So, what's sort of the time frame for that?
1: Um, so, we have our uh, summer conference uh, at the end of July. Uh, so, we'll probably make a big announcement there uh, with uh, an official start date. It may it may be relatively shortly after that, uh, but the intention is to align roughly with the beginning of the fall semester. Um, so, we have. A new membership crop that will be um, kind of aware of this program throughout, um, it can be used uh, to a certain extent as a, a recruiting tool for our chapters that are trying to talk about the benefits of membership and this can become a very tangible thing if they, again, if they know that they're on the path to licensure. Um, so yeah, it's late summer, early fall, should be the, uh, the first crop of applications and uh, we'll probably announce those recipients in a, in a formal way at our uh, our annual conference in December.
0: Okay. Awesome. Well, um, thank you, Charlie, for taking some time to chat with us. <laughs> good luck uh, preparing for the exam. Um, I can't wait to find out uh, how you do. Of course, I mean, that's an amazing <laughs> amount of uh, publicity and pressure around, I mean, <laughs> uh, uh, taking all seven sections and then uh, everyone's going to find out how you did. So uh, best of Thankfully, luck. Luckily
1: I have great resources because I watch Black Spectacles ARE prep videos.
0: Yeah, very good. Good. I hope those are working out for you. <laughs> they are. They're working out real well. Very good. Nick is a great guy. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so thank you, Charlie. Thank you for everyone who's tuned in. Uh, please do us a favor and hop over to iTunes and rate our podcast. Uh, let us know what you think. We'll read every single word that you write and use that to uh, you know, tune up our next episode. So thank you so much. And thanks for tuning in.